place to be less daily on the new 105.5 Sports Live from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios here in Auburn. Aaron Morse filling in for Matty B on this Friday morning. Happy to have the sports editor of The Forecaster. Find it online at theforecaster.net. Michael Hoffer with us on the broadcast and michael you got to cover a thriller in boys basketball my goodness chevris and portland tell us about this game um what a uh, thrilling one right one of the better ones of the season so far i imagine yeah and you know every once in a while you have a game you think it's definitely over and uh, it isn't <laughs> and it wasn't and uh you know portland's really scuffling right now guys we're not used to this they've been so dominant the last five years and they hadn't lost three games in a row in eight years, but uh, a couple of tough losses back-to-back. They lost to Bonnie Eagle in overtime on Wednesday, and then yesterday, you know, they're up 41-25 with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. It looked like, you know, they were going to cruise, and let's give Chevers credit. They were really seeking a signature win, and, you know, this is a team that no one's really talking about in Class AA North, but, you know, like so many others, they are in the mix. I think they are capable of knocking some teams off in the playoffs, so... I think Chevrolet served notice last night that, you know, you better start taking him seriously. But a great run. It was kind of sparked uh, by a couple of different players. One is Akira Oriam, who's a, a reserve. He came in, scored game right. by 16 points. Uh, Nick Galley, uh, one of these who's been a top scorer all year, you know, really got things going. And then down the stretch, Owen Burke with six straight points, including the two free throws to put Chevrolet ahead to stay. And they go on and get the victory. It's just the second time in the last 14 games that Chevrolet has beaten Portland. Mm. It kind of speaks to how dominant Portland has been over the last many years, especially against some of its top rivals. So, uh, you know, big, big step forward for Chevrolet. Uh, you know, it's possible if Chevrolet wins out, they've got Deering and South Portland to finish. You know, if they went out, they might get to host a quarterfinal. And let's not forget, in Class AA, the, uh, the, uh, the first round of the tournament right. quarterfinals, they're not at a neutral site. They're on the courts of the higher seeds. So, you know, if Chevrolet could play Deering at home as opposed to going to Deering or Portland or something like that or Oxford Hills, you know, it would certainly bode well for their chances to advance to the semis. And, you know, right now Portland's really soul-searching. This is a program that historically under Joe Russo, they get better as the season goes on, not worse. And, you know, this group, as I said, they're really scuffling now. Three straight losses. I think they're going to have to do a lot of soul-searching. They've got a couple big games left. They've got South Portland and Deering remaining. And, you know, if they can win out and get back on track going to the tournament, everyone will take them seriously again as a contender. But, you know, right now it's just not, it just does not look like a typical Portland team. Portland baffles me. I mean, they beat Chevrolet by 30 earlier right. in January. Right. <laughs> and then they get blown out of the water by Thornton Academy in a game where they only scored 23 points. And then they had a tough one-point loss to Bonnie Eagle. But then yeah. this game yesterday, obviously, uh, that one hurts for sure. And uh, fishing up with South Portland and Deering. So still some chances for them. But, yeah, that's that's rough. So I that's a baffling team. We saw them um, beat Oxford Hills early right. in the year in overtime. So Yeah, it looked, it looked like the Portland of old. Yeah. You know, they went up to Bangor. They had a 15-point lead up there. They wound up losing that game. They, You know, they lost the game at Gorham when they had a – Three quarters of the court heave, go in, and they ruled it to come after the buzzer, which actually was proven correct when we saw the video. But so they've had some tough, tough losses this year, and you know, but like the Patriots, you know, everyone was writing them off at nine and five. <laughs> I still say with Portland, yeah. you know, un- until you stick a fork in that program, and they, you know, they, they just they don't, you know, they had Teron Moss the last four years, right? And that's going to cover up for a lot of stuff. They don't have True. an elite player this year. They have a lot of very good players. But no one has really been able to step up and assert themselves in the, in the la- in last couple minutes of big games. And, you know, I don't know how you cultivate that at this point. It's February now. I mean, I think you either have it or you don't. But, you know, in my opinion, as long as, long as there's a pulse with that team, you got to take them seriously. 
So you're covering a big-time uh, girls' basketball game tonight, right, South Portland and Gorham? Yeah, uh, yeah, I know South Portland's had this one circled for a long, long time. You know, last year South Portland beat Gorham in the regular season. They went 17-1. and They were the one seed going into the tournament. Everyone thought it was South Portland's year. Gorham was 11-7. and They were the five seed. <laughs> uh, and they square off in the semis, and uh, Gorham ran them out of the uh, Civic Center. 16-0 run to start the game. South Portland didn't score in the first quarter, and you know, in the snap of a finger, their season was over, and they were devastated. That team, they thought they thought they were winning the gold ball. Uh, the other night, they played Oxford Hills, the team they thought they were going to play in. Uh, I'm sorry, Edward Little, the team they thought mm-hmm. they were going to play in the state game last year. You know, El wound up making a surprising run and winning it all, and uh, South Portland got the win there. It's the first time they'd really been tested in about a month, so they came at the right time for them. And now, you know, finally they can focus all their attention on Gorham. I know this game has been in the back of their minds for a long, long time. And, you know, but even if SP wins by 30 tonight, there's a good chance they might have to beat Gorham again when it really matters. And, you know, no one's going to want to play Gorham in the tournament, even though, uh, you know, they have been struggling a little bit the second half of the season. So I'm looking forward to that one. You know, obviously Mackenzie Holmes, the premier post player in the state, she's going to get her points. She's going to get her rebounds. The question is, will Gorham get some support? from some other players, and that hasn't happened in a lot of their losses, while South Portland's really showing some nice balance. They're getting it done inside and out, and I think this is just a quietly confident group that's you know out to avenge last year and out to finish what last year's team started. Uh, and, and they're in a race right now with Scarborough for the top seed in that region. So, you know, South Portland needs this game, and I know they desperately want it. Michael, what's your sense for, because we've seen it through the years, a team like Gorham who, they kind of muddle through the regular season, but boy, it's like Skowhegan field hockey. When the tournament starts, all bets are off. Well, yeah, why? Why is that? What? What's your sense for that? Well, I think last year people kind of overlooked them because the last two, three years prior, you know, they were they were eighteen and zero, seventeen sure. one. They were clearly the dominant team. You know, but last year they're eleven and seven going into the tournament. They didn't look good down the stretch, and I think people forgot that you you can't quantify that championship heart and experience, and we see it at all levels of sports. I guarantee you Mackenzie Holmes wants to play four tournament games. And, you know, before she goes on to Indiana, she's not going to be happy bowing out in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, even the regional finals. And as close as they came to winning it last year, they feel like they were robbed last year with that foul call in the final second. Yeah. Because, um, you know, that game had gone to overtime. Gorham had all the momentum. They might have won a third straight title. So, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's what's important is these teams know how to win. Uh, they have a ton of pride. And it's hard to knock off Goliath, and we see it at all levels of sports. So I, I think that they'll have that going for them again. I'm just not sure that history is going to repeat itself. You know, maybe I'll feel differently after seeing Gorham tonight. But, you know, you can't rely on that every single year. You know, Scarborough, you mentioned only that one loss, and that was by, you know, 19 to South Portland. But it was very, very early. Very early, right, back in December. So where do you see them at right now? Are they a legitimate contender in terms of, I mean, obviously the record's great. But are, are they the real deal, you think? I really do, and yeah. I think they're in an optimal spot because they're for a 15-1 team, there's not many people talking about them all that much. Right. And, and, and they beat Gorham twice, and it wasn't a fluke. You know, I think the first time they won over at Gorham, and some people thought, all right, maybe that's an aberration. But, you know, I saw the second meeting, and, and they won, and they won. You know, it wasn't a big margin, but they did win emphatically. And, you know, one thing I like about Scarborough, they play great team defense. You know, they don't have a ton of size, but they've got shooters. They can get up and down the court. Um, I don't think they match up particularly great with South Portland. Um, so I think maybe in the back of their mind, maybe they're hoping Gorham will knock off SP when the time comes. But, you know, you know Scarborough would love another crack at the Red Riots in that regional final if it comes down to that. And, you know, it, it looks like one of those teams is going to go in one, the other will go two. I think if SP wins out, 
they'll probably be the one seed down there. But, yeah, I, I take Scarborough very seriously. Everyone forgets they were in the regional final last year. And until Gorham went on a big run in the second half, they were right there with them. So, you know, this is a group with a lot of seniors. Uh, you know, how much success Scarborough has in virtually every sport. So, you know, these girls, this is nothing strange to them. And uh, like I said, I, I think they're in a really good spot because they're not viewed as the favorites. Sure. Well, I know you've been following the Ant-Man football discussion like we have, of course. We've been getting everyone's take on it. The Maine Principals Association Football Committee yesterday voted unanimously to recommend an eight-man football class comprised of 10 teams for the 2019 season. And the really the controversy I'm seeing, at least in the article I saw, was not necessarily about eight-man football, but about the <laughs> the classifications of A, B, C, and D, because I saw Marshwood's not too pleased, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, because and this has happened several times over the last many yeah. years, and I know, I know you guys can speak to this, too. You know, they're constantly, this is constantly in flux. And every time there's a change, you're going to have some people that are unhappy. Um, you know, I think the eight-man, going to eight-man was obvious. It, it was probably overdue, and, and I think, you know, this doesn't really come as a surprise to anybody. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to see some other shuffling going around that, that's going to cause some people to scratch their heads. You know, from a, from my coverage area's perspective, one good thing that's coming out of this is we're going to have Portland, Deering, and Chevers all in the same region again, which mm. should have never changed. You know, Deering spent the last several years down in Class A South. Right. Uh, now, now they're all going to be, well, you know, whether or not they should be in the North, I guess you can argue. But <laughs> I know what the geographical <laughs> realities are these days, so it makes sense. But, you know, so now we'll have Chevers, Portland, Deering in the same region. Hopefully they'll start playing each other in the regular season again. It, it was ridiculous that they weren't. You know, but Deering didn't play Chevers or Portland in a countable game the last several years. So, so we'll, get the, we'll get those rivalry games back, hopefully. And, you know, this is going to stay in flux, guys, because, you know, some teams, I think, will play eight-man for a while. And, you know, ideally we'll be able to build up strong enough where they can move up to 11-man again. You know, some other 11-man programs that might have been considering the eight-man now you know, in a couple of years might feel like, yeah, we might need to move down. And, you know, and, of course, some schools' enrollments are going to fluctuate. So, you know, this isn't, this isn't forever. Uh, but I think, you know, it seemed like they've spent a lot of time and thought on this, and there's not a way to please everybody. But I think all in all, um, you know, for the most part, it makes a lot of sense. Have the portland Deering co-op rumors or discussions faded, or what's going on there? No, actually, if, if anything else, they They've increased. Oh, my. You're even, ta- you're, you're even hearing talks now of possibly the schools can talk. Right. And I, I still think that might be a little ways down the road, but it, 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 you know, it wouldn't be a surprise. And, again, mm. it's just a reality of enrollment, uh, and uh, that's kind of where, where things are in the city right now. There would be a fair amount of resistance, no question about it, uh, but I think that it's probably trending in that direction, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the not-too-distant future, you know, one or the other school is gone, and there's one combined high school, and you know, that, that opens up a can of worms for a lot of questions, not only athletically, but, you know, what, what, what space would you use and all these different things that people much smarter than me would have to figure out. But I, I think that uh, it is being talked about, and usually when, where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. Wait, you think, Michael, that they'll combine schools also, not just the sports team? I wouldn't be shocked if in the next decade that happens. And, you know, I have no inside knowledge of this, just talking to a lot of people in the city, and the fact that they're already starting to, you know, consider it, I don't know if, if they've really spent a lot of time studying it, but, you know, like I said, once things are, are talked about out in the open, it usually means that they've been talked about in private. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's at least being considered. And, you know, I think there will be a lot of people that are unhappy about it. There's a lot of pride in those two schools in the city and, you know, people that have, have been to one or the other for over a decade, but uh, over a century, actually. And, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in the not too distant future that was a reality. Well, how about um, in your coverage area, I'm looking at hockey. 
this a couple of days ago, it looks like, but Yarmouth tied St. Dom's? You yeah. Come, yeah, tell us about this. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like, especially in the South, both A and B, it, it's very wide open with the exception of Greeley. Greeley's the clear favorite in Class B South, but, you know, every other team has an opportunity, I think, to make a run to a regional final case looking good. Yarmouth needs to get in. I mean, if they had won that game, they would have had enough heel points to propel themselves into the discussion. So they're going to have to win some games down the stretch, but they're a team, you know, they've got a good goalie and a lot of pride in that program. I think if they get in, they could make some noise. Uh, and you look at Class A South, Biddeford's starting to emerge now as the favorite. It took a long time for some teams to really step up. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of other teams. Chicago's uh, had a big win over Thomas the other night. Scarborough's playing well. Uh, Portland's earring, you can't rule them out. And, and the way the heels are right now, Dallas would actually be out of the playoffs for the first time this century. And I still think they're going to win enough games to get in, but that would be shocking. So kind of a strange year down here with hockey and still a ways to go in that regular season while, you know, basketball, we're done in uh, Thursday of next week. That is rather stunning. I mean, St. Dom's is one of the top teams in Class A North. Right. That a team that may not even make the playoffs in Class B South tied them. That's, that's, that's I didn't even see that in the news, but I saw it there on the forecast. But right, right now, I was like, what? <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those things. You know, St. Dom's had played Lewiston, their fiercest rival, on Saturday. Sure, lost the lost the game in overtime. They felt like they should have won. And you know, the coach even even told me after the game, you know, that 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 loss kind of came out on the ice with us, and yeah. it wasn't our best effort. But, you know, at least they got something out of that game. If they had lost, I think it really would have been set off some alarm bells. But they did find a way to at least split the heel points and, and get the tie. And who knows, maybe it'll be a wake-up call for them to make a run down the stretch. Absolutely. Well, what do you have planned this week? You mentioned the girls' basketball game you're covering tonight, South Portland and Gorham. What else is on tap uh, this weekend, I guess, and then uh, the early next week for the forecaster? Yeah, well, I've got uh, the game tonight. I've got Scarborough, South Portland, boys hockey tomorrow. That's a big game for heel points in Class A South. Uh, Sunday, there's a little football game I'll be watching in the evening. I heard about that one. And then uh, next week, you know, you got all the rivalry games to, to end the, the basketball regular season. You know, you've got Deering Chevrolet, Deering Portland, South Portland, Portland. A lot, of, and not just in Class AA, there's a lot of big games that are going to determine who the one seeds are, who makes the playoffs, who don't, who has to play in a prelim, who doesn't. So, you know, between the, today and the time we talk next week, I think we'll get a lot more clarity on who's going to be doing what. Right. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a very interesting week coming up because there's a lot of big games, a lot of big games going on at once. What's your prediction for the Super Bowl? Well, you know, I, if the Pats can play like they played the last two games, I like their chances. I know a lot of people are going to be disappointed if I don't pick them to lose because it seems to work. <laughs> uh, and, and, hey, you know, you know how these games go. It seems like they always come down to a crazy play at the end. It would sure be nice for my blood pressure if they could have it be like the Chargers game and get a decent lead and not have to, you know, come down to something crazy at the end. But I have a feeling it's not going to be that easy. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're we're spoiled. I hope people can take a step back and appreciate how lucky we've been, and and then hopefully everyone can pop the champagne and celebrate another championship. So I know that's my hope, and uh, we'll see if it comes to fruition. But uh, enjoy, and I, I don't think it'll be easy though. All right. He is a sports editor of The Forecaster. Find him on Twitter at F-O-R-E Sports. Find all his articles at theforecaster.net. Michael Hoffer, thanks so much for joining us today on the B-List. Appreciate it. All right. Good to talk to you guys. Go Pats.